Hello and welcome to the Taste of the Music podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. Pie Jacobs draws inspiration from her unconventional upbringing in the land of weed and wine, also known as Northern California. Blending roots rock swagger and storytelling soul, her music is drawing comparisons to Tom Waits, Dolly Parton, and Lucinda Williams. She's been heard on NPR, Austin Music TV, Americana Highways, and regularly on radio stations across the nation, including 90.1 FM KKFI in Kansas City. Tim Easton is a repeat offender on the Tasty Brew Music podcast, having first appeared during a live recorded interview from the Woody Guthrie Folk Festival in Okima, Oklahoma in 2019. Tim was born on the Canadian border in upstate New York and spent his formative years living in Tokyo, Japan and Akron, Ohio. Traveling early and often, he learned the ways of the road and rails and spent seven years as a bona fide troubadour, making his way around Europe, playing the streets and clubs living in Paris, London, Madrid, Prague, Dublin, and most recently in Russia. His songwriting style is folk-based storytelling and personal traveling tales, often peppered with bold confessions or tell-it-as-it-is reality. Rolling Stone praised him as having a novelist sense of humanity. Pye and Tim were part of a contingent of artists that came into the KKFI studios during the 2022 Folk Alliance International Conference in Kansas City as part of a special four-hour takeover of the Tasty Brew Music radio show. Enjoy these conversations and musical interludes with Pie Jacobs and Tim Easton. And now we have Pie Jacobs from California. It's Pie, like the number that has that goes into infinity. I've heard the story. I found it on YouTube, I guess, on a video where you're explaining the name on a podcast because uh, I, I thought it was your given name, and it's not. Leslie, yeah. It's Leslie Marie. Uh, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> there are no other artists named Pie out there, I don't think. Well, there, there are. I mean, there's an electronic art. I can tell because uh, whenever I register with ASCAP and oh. I can see like the other pies in the world, but uh, they're all in different genres, so it doesn't really, doesn't really affect me too much. Do you tour through the Midwest? Have you been here before? I have not toured through Kansas City. Um, I've been here for Folk Alliance one time before. But, in Kansas uh, City? Yep, but it's a really great city. I got a chance to walk around a little bit this time, which normally Folk Alliance is in January and it's Freezing. Or February, February, which is just as bad. Yeah, freezing cold, and so you just kind of stay Well, stick there. around till tomorrow, because I understand we're in for a 30-degree drop between oh, now and tomorrow. Okay. So <laughs> that's just the way it is here. So I'm glad that you get to get... It's such a beautiful city. I mean, when you drive through it, there's so much trash and litter on the highways, but apparently that's endemic throughout the whole country right now. But I've lived here my whole adult life. I love it here, and I just wish more folks like you could come through and... I would Play. love to, I would love to come back. You know, for me touring wise, like I tend to start with an anchor gig. Like, oh, there's a person that knows me and likes me that'll you know help me out in an area, introduce me to who I need to know, and and so I end up going there, and uh, and then it builds on itself. So, for instance, I used to go a lot in the southeast, and I still do, kind of Nashville to New York City, and that was only because I put out a record and. 
2013 that started getting a lot of airplay in that region. And I thought, well, they, they like me there, so I'm going to go. So that's how that started happening, and it kind of has happened that way in most of the places that I tour. So now I know you, so I, I can be back. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. Do you have a particular goal for this Folk Alliance? I mean, it's a big commitment for an independent artist to come here, especially if you're playing a showcase yeah. and if you've got side players. Mm-hmm. you got to pay for all those people to come. It's yeah. an expensive proposition. So it, it truly is. Why are you here this time? I am here because there are several booking agents that I really like here. And um, of all the things I do, you know, I do my own social media. I have have a label, but they're, it's more like an artist collective mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. A, like a label label. So I do my social media and I, of course, I have to do all my creative stuff, my writing, playing, singing, keeping up on my instrument and voice. But the one thing that I really struggle with is booking shows. It's because I'm invested in everything, so I'm trying to always keep it professional. But when someone says no, of course, it hurts my feelings yeah. a little bit. And so or they it makes say it, yes and then don't deliver. Yeah, know? or just don't get back to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And and so if there was someone that wanted to work with me on that, I um, jump at the chance. You know, I hear that a lot from artists. Booking is their least favorite skill set that they need to have the only exception i can think and you'll know this person mandy rowden says she loves doing booking now i don't know whether that's still the case to this day but she says she loves doing it's like the thrill of the chase it's such a feeling of accomplishment when you actually book the gig and it turns out well and all that kind of stuff but i'm always in awe of how much time that you guys have to spend not generating art Mm -hmm. and handling the business side of it Mm -hmm. because there really is an art to the business oh sure and i'm not a natural and i've gotten better as i you know work on it and i it's you know i've taken to heart that idea like don't be a lazy artist get in there and, and work for yourself and i i believe in that and I I embrace that. At the same time, I'm not a great business person, naturally. I mean, I'm getting better and I work at it, but, you know, I'm a space case. I like to stare at the wall and go, uh, and that's how songs go. Waiting for the divine (laughs) to come out of the ether and give you what you need to write this song. Make sure my antenna up. I haven't got time for 17,000 emails a day. Yeah. Well, I hear that a lot. I think that by necessity, a lot of artists are going to have to come to grips with the fact that I have to do this on my own, at least until I can find someone in my tribe mm-hmm. that can help me do this, or I get to the point where I can really afford, you know, to have mm-hmm. somebody else do it. Well, let's hear some Pie Jacobs yeah. music, please. All right. Well, I'm. Uh, I know it's not morning, but it's kind of morning to me. So I'm going to start out with something kind of sweet and soft. Um, this one's called Broken Cup, and it is on my last two records. I got a good one. So, so well 
Gibson, and it's, it's it's the right appears to be the exact right size for well, you. Well, it's small, and I'm small. I so. know. I mean, some, <laughs> I'm amazed that sometimes these petite women come in here with these huge guitars. I'm like, what is that like you know, on your neck and your shoulders? It's three hour gig. Here's the thing: this is the first small guitar I've gotten that I, I liked. It took me a long time to find it because I used to play a jumbo, which is twice as big as this and I toured around with it and everything and I do love it but for traveling on the road like this and also I mean radio land you can't see me but I'm playing a stomp box so this when you hear that that and that that's me and that's my feet so it's a whole body thing I can't be having a big old thing on my neck with, yeah. with that so I'm not a musician and I don't play an instrument but the just the variety and you have to decisions you have to make to purchase an instrument it's a huge investment if it's not like a pair of shoes where if it doesn't fit when it's in the store what if you get it home and you've just spent three thousand dollars on it and it doesn't sound like it did in the store then then what we do a lot of research every guitar is different so i might like this model guitar but i have to try this one to know if you know it's a piece of wood it's got a personality it's a living thing or was a living thing yeah so kind of is i'm totally (laughs) ignorant about it do they let you try them out Oh, or, sure. You can try stuff in a store. I mean, some can you stores, take it home for... Some stores will let yeah, you yeah. do that. Um, and it's important to do. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you hear the story all the time. I, it didn't happen with this one, but other guitars that I've had, like, you know, I just walked into a store without any intention of buying anything, and I played oh, something, yeah. and then I went, this is speaking to me. This is now mine, and I must have it, and I'm going to hawk my wedding ring. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just kidding, honey. <laughs> just kidding. You wouldn't be the first. Or the first <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm just, I just sit across from so many beautiful instruments, and I just, there's usually a pretty good story, mm. you know, behind them, and they are, they seem to be so personal. My my better half just took up playing the guitar at 67 years of age during the pandemic. You know, why not? And the next thing I know, we now have seven guitars, I think, and a mandolin and a ukulele and, you know. I'm sorry. It's a thing. It's a thing. You can't help it. It really is a thing. Your partner can't help it. Yeah. I've been asking the other folks that have come in this morning, are you open to collaborating? Do you like collaborating with other artists or are you kind of a lone wolf when it... I used to be a real lone wolf. The last couple records I've had uh, some co-writes with, and it's been wonderful. I do tend to co-write with people I know a little bit so that we're over that hump already. Yeah, I'm open to it. I like it. It always brings out something different and unique. Well, I think that I, I hear it all. You know, I, I know myself and I know I don't play well with others. And so I'm not open to that. But just the possibilities that there can be if you just bring someone else into the mix that you may not have heard or, or seen or be aware of. So I'm always interested if, if people are open to co- collaboration. Uh, who are your musical mentors? Who who well, past or present? Or You know, I really owe a lot to uh, Butch Norton, who is the drummer for Lucinda's Williams Band, has just been a huge mentor to me. I think we met in 2013, kind of naively. I was like, hey, I'm playing a festival. Will you play with me? And and he did. And we've been friends ever since. And he um, he just really believed in me as an artist and to have somebody of his caliber and experience and all that constantly on my team, constantly being willing to work for me, with me, play on my records and all that is it means a lot to me personally and emotionally and all that but Mm -hmm. also it's been just great for me he's a he's a fantastic drummer and he adds so much to my music he's a mentor and then you know almost everyone i work with i learn things from so when when you're on the road touring a lot and you're in the van or the car or whatever who do you tell spotify or who do you you tell siri to play are you completely off the rails from what you normally do or if it's just me you know, I'm, uh, I'm, it's Jason Isbell and, um, and then Patty Griffin and, uh, you know, but then I'll mix it up and put in some Yola and some <laughs> Lizzo and so very strong you know. Americana yeah. playlist. But, but yeah, I mean, I do like things that aren't, but uh, yeah, I'll stick to that. And then when I'm in the van with my guys, uh, the, I play with these tw- identical twins called the Hall Brothers. They play Dobro and uh, upright bass, respectively, and they sing. And they they grew up in bluegrass land, so mm. they're always trying to turn me on to Bill Monroe and all that kind of stuff. And I, I do like it. I just am not. I didn't grow up with that. So. You know, the thing about bluegrass. I play a lot of bluegrass on my show. They play so fast. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a really good player mm-hmm. to pull off. Yep. Really good bluegrass. And I find a lot of the kids that are playing around here are classically trained and they went to the conservatory and learned jazz, you know, jazz composition, Mm -hmm. composition or whatever, and went to Winfield or some bluegrass festival and had so much fun that they made the switch to bluegrass. But man, you really, like, I was watching Sierra Hall last night. Oh, so good. It's like, how is that even possible to do that? Well, you know, they say the trick to playing fast is. You play real slow with a metronome and you tick it up. It's, yeah. it's not a fun just, process. Yeah, just practice. 
you just muscle memory and kick it up a notch. Well, let's let's hear another okay. Pi Jacobs tune. Okay. Now that I've got you, let's do it. All right, I'm going to do this one because I messed it up last night. Uh, this is a song about my mama. We didn't have a lot when I was a kid. We were on welfare and things for a while, and, and my mom, so proud of her, like was the first person in our in our family to go to college and become a public school teacher and she's just you know an example of the american dream but um you know we were we were poor and i remember feeling ashamed about that sometimes mm. like standing in the in the welfare line or when they come turn the gas off right in the middle yep. of your mom cooking dinner or when you have one outfit yeah yeah <laughs> been there yep so but the thing is we had joy we had so much fun we had music and art and books and and lots of things are free and fun in life so this is a little song i wrote for her to be poor no way (laughs) i just like in the middle of that i was going this is so cheryl crow i can see you playing in front of like thirty thousand people singing that song oh thank you that's the goal man (laughs) i'm telling you that was awesome thank you that was awesome and you know doing the drum thing really does get your whole body into it and you know i I probably gives you more you know helps gives you the energy that you need to it. You know, I started life as a bass player, and I hear rhythm. So mm. I saw I saw a guy named Shaky Graves doing this. <gasps> Stomp Dogs Love thing. him, and I was like, oh, I must do that. 
And so uh, several iterations of this stomp box later, um, this is how I tour when I tour solo. And then we'll do a trio with me and the, the Hall brothers. And then it's a luxury when I get to play with a drummer. We can really tour like this and, and actually make it work. But so. that's the thing about being talented and versatile so that you, I mean, seriously, so that you, you can um, fit in wherever you need to yeah. and, and offer different options. And I imagine as an artist, it helps you stay invested, you know, stay interested. Well, if you, I always worry about, I'm not worried, but I wonder about these kind of these uh, classic rock guys that are going out and playing the same songs that they have for 50 or 60 years. And yes, I love those songs and love to hear them, but what does that do to your soul? I don't know. I think it must be it must be hard. But yeah, mixing it up is is really important and you know, I'm um I mean, I joke around that this like playing this box and playing the guitar and singing at the same time. I'm like, well, that's what it's good for my ADHD. <laughs> and I'm kind of half joking. I'm a I'm a antsy person and I'm physical and so this is I actually really enjoy this. Yeah. And one thing I like about it is that like someone can say, "Hey, play that old song of yours." And if the guys don't know it, I can just sort of pull it yeah. and do it. So that's fun. Yeah. Well, well, it's been fun having you. I'm so sorry that it's going so darn quick. Uh, let folks know what's coming up for you at Folk Alliance and new projects, how to access you on the internet and all that Okay, good well, stuff. Well, it's Pi, P-I like math, hippie mama, <laughs> P-I-Jacobs.com, and I'm on all the socials as P-I-Jacobs, Pi Jacobs. Do you think you'll come back to Folk Alliance again? I mean, is this... I do, but I'd like to come to Kansas City proper and play. You know, Rigby was telling me about some of the fun, cool gigs you have. And, and I Well, really and you know, the here. Uptown Artist, one of the principals of that is my neighbor and lives across the street. They have a great, they're building a really good stable of artists. And I think the Heartland is the best kept secret about a lot of things, not only for the talent that we have here, but also the quality of life, the number of venues that are coming online and the different options, the, the listening rooms and the house concerts and the wineries and different capacity venues, lots of warehouses being repurposed as, mm-hmm. as music venues. And so I'm all for it. I'm glad I live long enough to, to see it because there have been periods of, there have been decades where... <laughs> You know, it's like, oh my God, for someone who loves live music, I don't, honestly, I'm not a big fan of going to the 50,000, 60,000 festival anymore. That's just... Yeah, sure. I prefer this one-on-one where I can make eye contact with somebody It's It's so when they're playing. to do it like this. And, you know, I do agree. I think that, I mean, I haven't been to Kansas City a lot, but I travel all the time because there are a lot better scenes music scenes in all the smaller areas uh, or the smaller cities of the country I and mean, there's so much going on so much great talent and so many music lovers LA I play two or three times a year in LA and I have my community there and I love them all us Americana people know each other because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. but you know it's a tough town to play in it's not oh, it's, it's not that fun it's honestly. a tough town to do anything in. <laughs> I used to do business there my home the home office of the corporation I was employed by I was in Beverly Hills and I had to fly out there all the time and I was traumatized every time I had yeah. to go uh, well, I'm really fortunate. I live 20 minutes away from Hollywood, but I live in a, a canyon that's surrounded by State Park. Uh-huh. So I live in Natureland. I mean, people don't believe me, but I have, you know, warnings on this on the uh, trails by our house. Warning, rattlesnakes and mountain lions. And that's true. Like, we, we have... Lions nature. and tigers and bears. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I love that because, you know, I, I grew up, well, I was born in the Haight-Ashbury, but then I grew up in wine country. So you're not kidding about the hippie mama? Oh, no. Because I used to be a hippie mom. Oh, no, no, no joke. Yeah. No, no. Um, we, you know, we made our own yogurt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? 
we we did what we had to do. You know, one of the things I I do have some regrets about being from that era is that we we thought we were leaving the next generations in a good stead, but I think we kind of screwed the pooch. And and I'm just hoping that musically and every other way, politically, spiritually, that your generation and and the, the younger kids can pull us up by our bootstraps and get us out of this. You know, I'm super grateful for all the quote hippie values that I have and you know we have different struggles now I mean my mom you know was really it was Vietnam and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and, and now it's climate change and we all have to try to do our best we all have to take care of each other yep and and support live music whenever you can thank yes. you Pi thank you so and much and please please come by let me know when you're coming through the Midwest and you know the door is always open here and if, if it doesn't happen to be a Friday and it's another day I can maybe help get you on another show or something oh, well thank you so much for having me Super Music Radio Show, and I am so honored to have Mr. Tim Easton, a fellow Buckeye in the house, since we met in Okima and had that wonderful conversation. I have since divested myself of the home that I owned at, at Indian Lake up there, northwest of Ohio. It's It's been a, kind of a sad thing. Last year, I finally sold it, and I've kind of cut all my ties with Ohio now. I don't have any mm. reason to go back there anymore, except to fit, visit graves, you know? Right. It's, it's kind of a bittersweet time in my relationship with Ohio. Do you find that as well? Um, since you've been away for a while? It's definitely emotional crossing the river, coming back home, you know, because of growing up there. Um, but good to see you, Diana. How's it going? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you get right into the heaviness of Ohio. Yeah, so yeah. I, there's people from, from Kansas and Oklahoma around that are going, what's what? the big deal? Who cares about <laughs> Ohio? People are arrogant. And yeah, Jim I mean, Jordan's from there. You know, we're the Blech. presidential state. And we, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff. What I, what I love about the place really is that there are it's there are some uh, special americans there of all stripes mm-hmm. you know and so it's it's also wherever you like first drove a car like or wherever you grew up and you know maybe you know learn to swim kisses, whatever you want to call kiss, it learned, yeah just swim, that that, that place is always going to have an emotional tie to your life and my hometown of akron um there's you always get that you can't return syndrome when you come back to your hometown too of course you get emotional because you look at the spot where you, you used to lock your bike up or where something else happened. There's some wild stuff. And everything looks so small now. You know, yeah. when you're a kid, the house, you remember the buildings as being so large and everything yeah. being so and big. And the summer was so long. And, and the now summer it's was just like, a Ugh. fragment of your life. It's just a fraction of your yeah. life. Well, we digress. <laughs> For those, yeah, that's what songwriters yeah, do. Yeah, that's, what we, that's what we do. That's one of the, the lovely privileges that I have with a show like this is I can have whoever I want on here and we can talk about whatever we want within you know certain FCC guidelines. But I love your music and I love your aesthetic and I love that you're a poet and you seem to me to be fearless. I, I don't know whether that's <laughs> to live the life that you've lived being, you know, busking on the streets for years and going to Alaska and mm. you've been to Russia too, I think, right? I did right before the pandemic. But, I crossed all of Russia. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was a big one and it's still, you know, absorbing it, but there was, I had some fears over there oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I also, and a lot of them came from stereotypes, just like they have stereotypes of mm. us. It was wonderful to be around the folk musicians and musicians of Russia and find out they're pretty much exactly like the musicians of planet Earth and um, and some of the artists and poets. I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I was very lucky um, to work with this program called the Forum for Cultural Exchange and basically go there and represent uh, the United States in music and go jam with these jazz bands. And these people love our music. Let's not forget, we, through hard times, 
oppression, no doubt, but we invented the music that everyone around the world taps their feet to. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. it's rock and roll came from you know the blues and, and jazz and whatnot, and they it's it's pretty cool to be out in the middle of Siberia and have a guy that you know wants to talk about Lightning Hopkins. Or something. What's the greatest gift you think by having so much experience with other cultures and people around the world? What what advantage does the greatest that... gift is easily the gift of the gab. You can <laughs> you're not afraid to talk to people, so I like to document my journeys and I have I've written books about it and No Depression helped me publish some things about it but the gift is really that you get to learn you get, you get to remain teachable and learn some new stuff and bring some of the things you learned from the masters um, here at Folk Alliance um, we have a thing called the wisdom of the elders mm-hmm. and I dig it you know I love I love talking to David Amram who doesn't well now you know, I'm an elder I mean <laughs> so they tell me if you're me. lucky you get to be an el- if you're lucky you get to truck on and, and do it yeah, yeah, well, let's, let's sure. hear some uh, let's hear some Tim Easton yeah, I wrote this tune on Partly, um, you know, because I want to make an album of fishing songs. So if there's fishermen out there, fisher women, fisher people. I'm living with one. Yeah. I just, you know, I go to Alaska a lot. I went up there a lot with my dad. I wrote this. Part of this is about Justin Townsurl, too, because uh, he's such a great guitar player. And we lost him during the pandemic, and it was pretty intense. And uh, I used to want to always talk about how he does that Travis picking. That fancy stuff that he does, but he always just wanted to talk about fishing. Anyways, I wrote this song, and it's on my new record. And this is the closing track on the record, a nice mellow one to get me warmed up here today. It's called The River Where Time Was Born.
forgot I was on the radio there for a minute. It sounded so good in my headphones. That's a lovely, lovely song. Yeah, we've lost a lot of great artists in the last couple of years. It kind of seems exponentially to be happening. Did you find that your relationship with time changed during the pandemic? And, you know, you could could argue against the whole notion of that song. It's like, I go down to the river to forget about time. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm out here in nature for, is to forget about time. So I, I was questioning all that when I wrote. Certainly, I address time on this new record all, all through it. I do. It does become a bigger part of your life trying to, you know, wrestle with it um, as, as you, you know, like I would say, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely the thing that, you know, when we get into recording studios, we don't want clocks in there. We want to just have fun playing music with our friends. And we spend a lot of life running from it, you know, and, 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 and then, of course, living by it. And then we get, now we all have these phones, these machines that I sing about. There's a release your machines. It's like, let's, let's put the phone. And the panic over. that you feel when you leave it behind somewhere. Yeah, like, I, don't, we need, I, we're, we're, I'm I fully hate addicted. that feeling. I'm I just I don't addicted. want to be a slave to that. I just I just hate that that's yeah. the case. The subject does come up in the record a lot. Where do you record now? Do you um, go into a proper this, studio? Or? Um, I have a home studio like every citizen of Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> my my postman, my, my UPS man, plumber, he's a blues man. We're all we're all musicians there, so many. But I go in I, I trust the uh, the pros when it comes to recording drums and uh, you know, uh, louder things. You know, I, I trust those that's the wonderful thing about my town is that there are a plethora of great studios and great technicians that know how to make the studio sound good. So I love I love recording wherever I go. Anybody anybody with an earshot of this wants to do some recording someday, I'm all about it because I made a whole record in Okima. Mm-hmm. In the museum next door? Yeah, in the yeah, museum, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just wanted to do a field recording. Part of that record, by the way, I did also go down to Texas, record in the hotel that Robert Johnson used. And then I did another record in uh, you know, in a location where um, Bristol, Virginia, where hmm. mono recording was done. I made a whole record uh, direct to Lacquer. But this new one, if you're out there listening and you got the Pocket Oracle, you just punch in uh, Tim Easton, You Don't Really Know Me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to play it for you i would love to hear it i mean i play it on this show all the time oh thank you so much i really i mean truly i i I really do i I play a lot of tim easton but i feel that song really resonates with me you get to be a certain vintage and you think people think they know you and they don't know anything about you i think that was part of it the part of it was what would you say to someone if you had to kind of explain some of your some of your life story in in a really quick thing see how quickly you could do it and i i I um, again, this is another one where I'm the youngest of seven. Now, I'll just sing the song and, and, and tell you about it. But it definitely was like I want to write about my family. You know, I want to write about what what uh, they meant to me and and um, and put a little bit of it in there. So this is uh, this is the title track to the last album. It's called "You Don't Really Know Me." Sisters taught me how to tie 
Through from the room next door made me mad. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't? Well, um, I was I was kind of a, I was that you know that the first song was a little bit of a gentle thing. Yeah, yeah. Which works good with that radio compression, and then that one I kind of got a belt out. There's no way I can whisper that. Yeah, one. yeah. No, I'm, I was talking about your showcase last night when you. Oh, were, oh, that's played through from the room <laughs> next know, door. I like I said last night. No, it sounded great in my headphones just now. I was, I was a street musician for seven years in Europe, and I went through a lot of crazy stuff. We're talking jackhammers, taxi cab yeah. drivers, construction, little urchins stealing my money. You know. And so, yeah, living, yeah, just... It takes a lot to phase you, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I just try to remember that I'm really lucky to be able to get to do what I do, and uh, I love the Folk Alliance. Yeah. That's, that's all well, I was going to, I was just going to ask you, uh, I've been asking folks, you know, do you have a particular goal for this one? Because it can be so overwhelming. I've, I've said, I've, I've met so many first-timers this time that just have no idea what they're doing, and they're overwhelmed, and, you know, that's understandable. But for someone like T- Tim Easton, that's been many, many times, um... Do you have a plan, or do you just um, honestly? Go with the I flow? work best if I plan to be of service to people mm-hmm. that are going through stuff. That's the only yeah. way I can get. Oh, I, I I understand. I mean, I didn't always. I wasn't always like that. I've been I've been the self centered, fragile ego artist cat too. You know, mm-hmm. and that only through time, <laughs> you know, and some experience have I gotten to this side of it where I'm like, okay, you're not it looks spring chicken anymore. 
and let's like let's have some experience and uh, some, some some hope and some you know just like some guidance and make some good use of yeah. the time that's left whatever um, yeah time because I mean, if you go in there like I need this I need to get that I need, I really want this festival which of course I, who doesn't want to go to Denmark and play the Toner Festival for example you know like you know it's like but I have to remember the things I have I get to go to Alaska and play Salmon Fest you know and I get to come to Kansas City and, and hang out with you guys so I feel lucky but I definitely I don't panic about it and get all up in my head about it anymore and like I need this I gotta do this I, I just kind of go with the flow and and, uh, and just try to help people what for those of our listeners that want to go with the flow with Tim Easton, what's the, what's the best way to well, TimEaston.com is one way. I'm on all this. I'm really easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, the and Easton are. is E A S T O N. Just like the baseball bat. Just yeah. like the baseball bat. And I'm I'm on a. I make records with my friend from Oklahoma. His label is called Black Mesa Records. And um, we're from getting, Tulsa. Yeah, from yeah. Tulsa. And we're getting ready to re-release some older cool some stuff I did a while back. And so, but this new one is on Black Mesa. And pretty easy if you got a if you got a uh, Google machine. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm the. And you do. Patreon thing? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, I do do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into the personal daily Tim Easton experience, I'm sorry, weekly Tim yeah. Easton experience, I try to post every Tuesday, but I do drop demos, brand new songs to my patrons on Patreon every month. And I've been I've been unloading a lot of nuggets from the vaults. Like I've got a lot of live stuff and I've got a lot of demos I made. Two yeah. years. I used to love to record a four track and I've got all that stuff. Well, I, I hear from a lot of artists that they took the opportunity during the pandemic to kind of revisit a lot of that stuff, especially if they weren't feeling it in terms of generating new stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm really let's... lucky. Got the I have my Patreon page set up right before the pandemic. I just I got it going, and so like I say, anybody listening out there, you know, thanks for the support. Thanks for supporting all the songwriters that pass through your life and, and and helping them out and putting them on the couch or whatever you do. Because without you, we like to call ourselves independent artists. You know, I like to call myself an independent lone wolf artist. But without without you, listeners and and and, and, and great radio stations like KKF. I, no one would really know. So um, it's pretty easy to get a hold of me, Tim Easton, and there you are. You'll find me. Well, I'm so appreciative that you took the time to come in today because I know what it's like to try to apportion your time between rest and nutrition and performing and everything. It was yeah, so lucky. lovely to see you again. I, I love this so-called volunteer opportunity they've given yeah. me. And I want to thank not only Tim, but I want to thank KKFI for letting me take over four hours today. That doesn't generally happen. Um, we'll go out here with one more Tim song. One more song from you, Tim. You got it. I'm going to play another one from the new record. It's called Real Revolution. feeling unsung I went back upstate got my bail real wrong thought I knew where I was going forgot where I came from I fell asleep on the job people and woke up on the run I was in need of a real solution Thinking had me tied up and blind I was out of direction I was out of right mind Tired of backsliding Living in the past Tired of going absolutely nowhere fast I had a problem That needed solution I was in line 
for a real revolution.